If there's a great sadness in you, just let it go. Breathe it out. You don't need it. If there's anger, hurt, if you've been hurt, if you have pain, don't demand that it go away. You might breathe it out and you'll still feel sadness. It may be such a deep reservoir of sadness, but just what you can let go of, let go of. And then fill with this very fine healing mist. Welcome, everyone, to another Ramdas Here and Now episode. I'm Jackie Dobrinska, your host. And you, you are the Ramdas Satsang, this sacred community with your hearts and your minds and your lives pointed towards truth. Today, we are diving into episode 221, bringing spirit into form. It's a recording from the 1980s, and I think it is one of my favorite episodes, and it's for two reasons. One is Ramdas sings a song by Anandamai Ma partway through, and it is so sweet. I have been listening to it on repeat for days, um, and it just sort of invokes that sweet nectar, honey in the heart sort of experience. So I hope that really lands for you in that way. And the second is the take-home message. And I don't want to say it. I don't want to give it away. You want to hear it from Ramdas, But it reminds me of the parable of the lamp from the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus basically says something like, do not um, put your lamp under a bushel basket. Set it on a lampstand where it gives light to all of the house, that your light must shine before others. And I love this idea, this idea that our... Our essence, our beingness um, is a blessing to the world. And that, you know, we don't need to ignore the things of life, right? We don't need to ignore love or money or health, but we need to not be consumed by it. Um, And often we have to lose a lot of it um, in order to let go of being consumed by it so that we can really like step into that essence, that divinity, and really take responsibility for it and the blessing of it. Which reminds me of that other Jesus quote that Ramdas repeats quite often, which is, be in the world, but not of it. Um, and to best prepare you for this episode, uh, we want you to know that there is a long sort of visualization in the middle. So best not to be driving or operating heavy machinery or doing brain surgery or anything like that to really just sit back and let this episode wash over you. And in that vein of sort of sharing ourselves, uh, many of you don't really know me or who I am or how I got to be introducing Ramdas or doing these live streams um, or hosting satsang. So over 20 years ago, I dove pretty hardcore into yoga and I lived in an ashram for a long time. And that's actually where I connected with Ram Dass and Maharaji. And the ashram sort of took me in two parallel paths for the rest of my life. And one was this mystical journey where I studied and apprenticed in several different traditions from Sri Vidya and classical yoga to Buddhism and bhakti, to Christian mysticism and Western female-based shamanism and plant-based medicine. Uh, Eventually, I was ordained as a minister at an inner spiritual church where I worked for almost a decade. The other path that the ashram kicked off was this path of holistic healing. Um, I studied and taught Ayurveda and herbalism and the wise woman tradition of health for many, many years. Um, So I coached probably thousands of people, and I still do. In fact, last weekend, I taught a workshop on sleep because so many people struggle with sleep. It's like one in three Americans. And we often then get on the coffee cycle of like needing coffee to be able to function and then coffee having it make it harder to sleep. 
there's so many different reasons. I sort of want to geek out on like the the root causes of not being able to sleep and the ways we can deal with symptoms and all of that, but that's for another time and place. Um, what I do want to tell you about is, you know, for 15 years or more, I've been working with all sorts of different products. And recently I was given a sample of um, this magic mind. It's this green little shot and it blew me away. Like my day, on the first day that I tried it, my day was different. I had more stable energy. Um, I had better focus. And surprisingly, my mood was so much better. And so I dug in and I did some research. And the ingredients are really, really pretty impressive. So it has a bunch of adaptogens. And if you don't know what adaptogens are, um, they are a spectrum of plants that help us adapt to stress, whether it's emotional or mental or physical or environmental. They don't have negative side effects and they often have a secondary benefit like helping with immunity or protecting the brain or the heart. Um, and this product has two of my favorite. It has ashwagandha and rhodiola, as well as some of those really beautiful medicinal mushrooms like lion's mane. And then it has this other ingredient that I love, L-theanine, which is an amino acid found in green tea. And L-theanine works in our bodies on GABA, which is the neurotransmitter that sort of helps us relax the whole nervous system and also focus. Um, so it's a phenomenal product. And I wanted to ex let you all know about it. And Magic Mind has given this audience a really fabulous offer. So you can get 56% off your first subscription and 20% off your one-time purchase if you get it in the next 10 days. So how you do that is you go to magicmind.co slash Ramdas and redeem the discount code Ramdas20. So again, that's magicmind.co slash Ramdas. And then the code you put it put in is Ramdas20, Ramdas20. And you'll get that 56% uh, discount. But remember, it lasts 10 days from this uh, episode airing. And we all need a little bit of support in lots of other ways. So if you're looking for a little bit more sweetness for your day, really highly recommend that you check out the 24-7 Ramdas live stream. So it's it's something like 60 hours of lecture by Ramdas looped over some sweet, chill, lo-fi beats. So go check that out. It's at ramdas.org slash lo-fi. So ramdas.org slash lo-fi. It's pretty awesome. And then lastly, you are always invited to discuss this episode just join the Ramdas Virtual Fellowship. And you do that by going to ramdas.org slash fellowship. You sign up and then you'll get the invitations in your inbox. As always, whatever good may come from these teachings, may it benefit all of us in our daily lives and may it ripple out into the world in brilliant ways. Thank you to each of you for taking the time to be here as well as to the many, many people that make these episodes happen. I hope you enjoy. Namaste and blessings. We're talking about the merging, that dualistic merging, and how do you merge with God? There's an interesting quote. Ramakrishna was asked, Ramakrishna was a great saint in India. What are the means by which one can see God? Ramakrishna said, Can you weep for God with intense longing of heart? Men shed a jug full of tears for the sake of their children, for their wives, or for money. Women weep for their husbands and their children. But who weeps for God? So long as the child remains with his toys, the mother looks after her cooking and her household duties. 
But when the child no longer relishes the toys, he throws them aside and yells for his mother. And the mother takes the rice pot down from the hearth and runs in haste to take the child in her arms. You hear that? Hey, God's, in, God's the mother just stirring the rice. As long as you're not really asking, nothing much is happening. But when do you ask for God? Most people, it's an interesting image, like Maharaji, this beautiful girl came to Maharaji and she said, Maharaji, Maharaji said to her, Mara, uh, said to her, do you like suffering or do you like joy? She said, Maharaji, I've only known suffering. I've never known really any joy. She said it with self-pity. Maharaji rustled around. Do you like suffering or do you like joy? He asked her again. Maharaji, I've never known any joy. I've never only known suffering. <laughs> do you like suffering or do you like joy? She repeated it again. And then he finally, he looked off in the distance and he said, I just love suffering. It brings me so close to God. Now, in a way, the only time that you start to cry for God is when all of your worldly fascinations start to pall or fall away a little bit. As long as you're attracted by this or that, that which is beyond this and that remains an interesting kind of abstraction. It's only when it starts to really what St. John of the Cross talks about as the dark night of the soul. When the world starts to turn into sort of emptiness. When you're doing it all, but it's not amounting to a hill of beans. Then, then, you are ready to start to be with God. But as long as you've got your playthings to play with, it's like when Jesus said, as a child, you do child things, and then later you put them away. We are still very much doing child things, most of us. And it's only when it's either through like agony, like the hurt or loss of a loved one, tremendous pain, trauma of some sort, that most of us ever break through into the place where we really open like that. Now, there are ways of practicing that. For example, you can take an image, say Christ is an image that turns you on, Jesus. Or it could be some beautiful image. It could be a baby. It could be anything that does it, any being that does it. And you place a picture there, and you just start to be with that picture. And at first, it's just a picture. And then if you're quiet enough, you start to feel ways. And we'll work a little bit with our hearts in a few minutes. And you'll begin to feel that quality just starting to open up. Sometimes I'll sit with... Like Maharaji's picture, I just say, oh, I love you. Oh, I love you so much. And it's still kind of phony. It's a little good, but about nine-tenths phony. See? Say, oh, I love you. Oh, God, I love you. And I just sit there, and I start to do a breathing in my heart until pretty soon it starts to open and open and open, and I start to feel this incredible liquid quality moving in and out between me and my guru. In a way, what you do is you start to hang out with your beloved. There is a beautiful woman in India. She is one of the truly great saints of the world. Her name is Ananda Mai Ma. And she's now... Uh, in probably her 80s, I would say, or 70s or 80s. She has been going as a full-blown saint since she was about 16 or 20. 
She married, she was a good Bengali housewife, and then slowly she just started to flip out for God. And or she could, she you know, she'd leave the eggs on the stove, or the, you know, in Hindus don't eat eggs, she left the, the doll burning in the pot, and she'd just go off into ecstasy states, and pretty soon she was rolling on the ground in ecstasy for God. And for about two years, she was mad. Now, in India, they call those people mosts, which are called God intoxicants. We call them nuts, and we put them in mental hospitals. Right? That's the difference. We don't make a distinction. Some of the people in our mental hospitals are very high beings, just working through other planes of reality, and some of them are just neurotic or psychotic, flipping around within ego states, which you can see it as a horizontal and a vertical. And the vertical, some of them are going into higher planes of consciousness, and some of them are just moving across into ego states. And that's the difference between really somebody that's psychotic and somebody that's God-intoxicant. We don't quite make that distinction. But she rolled around and she couldn't keep her clothes on and she was doing all these weird things, laughing hysterically. And they took care of her and she just got it finally slowly together and slowly together. And now she probably has maybe three, four million people that just love her so deeply that she's like a mother that opens them to something spiritual. And you go in for darshan to be with her, to have her be with her. And there might be a room like this, and it's crammed with thousands of people all like this. She'll sit up there, and sometimes she's laughing. She's got no teeth, or some missing teeth in the front, and she's really far out looking a lady, delicious lady. The time I went to see her, she was just sitting there, and she was singing. Bhagwan is the name of God, is the name of God in... Uh, means God. And J means hail, and ho is ah, oh, oh. And she was just sitting there, and everybody was sitting completely quiet. She was singing. Um, J O Bhagwan. She was oblivious to all of us. She was just whispering to God. And I have sometimes sat by myself, hour after hour, just Jehovah, 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 Jehov
Softer, sweeter, more open, softer, sweeter, more open. Can you hear the answer? Yeah, I do too. At this moment, Just focus in the middle of your chest. Imagine there's an opening in the middle of your chest. And that even though you're breathing in and out of your nose, your mouth, necessary oxygen, etc., with each in-breath, in through this hole in your chest, you are drawing something very subtle, not even on the physical plane. It's been called soma. It's been called elixir. It's been called ambrosia. It's been called pran. It's been called living spirit. Think of it as a very fine mist. With each breath, draw it into the middle of your chest and let it pour through your body to the extremities, to the tips of your fingers, to the tips of your toes, through your torso, your head. And then in the out-breath, when you're breathing out through the center of your chest, Any stuff in you that is keeping you from being with the universe, the tensions, the fears, the negativity, the doubt, the grudges, the anger, the loneliness, the self-pity, breathe it out, just breathe out, let it go on the out-breath. And then fill once again with this healing, very fine mist and let it pour through your body. And let the, as it pours through your body, let it dislodge the tensions that may have settled in your back or in your stomach. The heavy thoughts, the thoughts of paranoia, the feelings of inadequacy, of doubt the judging mind, just let it all be loosened, dislodged, and on the out-breath, breathe it out. Make the breath slow and deep, and keep that imagery very strongly in mind that you are drawing in a very fine mist, filling your being, and then releasing all of the stuff you don't need to be in the spirit.
If there's a great sadness in you, just let it go. Breathe it out. You don't need it. If there's anger, hurt, if you've been hurt, if you have pain, don't demand that it go away. You might breathe it out and you'll still feel sadness. It may be such a deep reservoir of sadness, but just what you can let go of, let go of. And then fill with this very fine healing mist. Now rest quietly with your eyes closed and just listen to me for a moment. Imagine now that out before you is all of the universe of form. All of the world as you hear it, see it, smell it, taste it, and know it, including yourself. And now imagine that at the top of the head you also have a hole, an opening, and that above your head is the formless out of which form comes. There is no form, it's God unmanifest. It's the unspoken, it's the void, it's, it's the one. Now, you will breathe in through your chest when I tell you, suggest you do, just listen now. Drawing the universe into your heart, the middle of your chest, and you will breathe out through the top of your head going out with your breath, go up with your breath and go back into the formless. And then on the next in-breath, draw the formless down into your heart and then with the out-breath, breathe it out through your heart and recreate the forms which our spirit made manifest. Then with the in-breath, draw it back into your heart. Breathe out through the top of your head, going up till you are resting above your head. Then draw your the breath in, come back down into your heart, and then manifest out into the world. So it's in, up, out, down, in, out. Okay? Do that for a few minutes now. Start very slow, deep breathing. So you keep going between form and formless, between the one and the many.
Keep it, keeping your eyes closed, remain resting in the middle of your chest and listen to me for one moment longer. Now that you have released what you can of your, those things which keep you from being a pure instrument for the transmission of spirit, and now that you have learned how to draw the spirit through you, you will find yourself in situation after situation where when you look out on the world, you see suffering. Maybe it's somebody you love that's suffering. The suffering might be physical. It might be psychological. It might be spiritual. It might be somebody that's a political prisoner. Somebody that's starving or dying of cancer or just lost in depression. Or caught with drugs. Or caught in a painful violence. Whoever comes to mind, bring their image before you, standing or sitting or being out in front. With your breath, Go up above your head, letting yourself go out through your top of your head. Again, bring that fine mist, that spirit down through the top of your head, the formless, down into your heart. And then on the out-breath, send it out, keeping that being in mind. And with your mind imagining, surrounding that being with light that is peace, that is healing, that is love, that is spacious. Then go back up into the formless until that is just pouring through your heart and out and surrounding that being or those beings. there is anybody towards whom you feel anger that you would like to find the deeper space, bring that person before you. And through this light or this love, see that being in a deeper way. Let your heart open in this process. Keep going back up into the formless where you are the one and then come back and allow the spirit to come through you to manifest as a healing force. And the thought is not that I demand this person be healed of their suffering, but rather 
if it be in the way of things, let there be healing. Not my, but thy will. And if it is you that is suffering and in pain, imagine yourself standing or sitting before yourself and surround that being with that same golden light of love, of peace, of space, of compassion. Open your heart a little wider. What more can you do for the world than become a conduit for the living spirit to be manifest? Experience just how much you actually do love the universe. All the forms coming before your eye as you go back into the one and come back into the many. See how precious all the forms are. Okay, now just come back and rest in your heart. You can open your eyes and relax, and stretch. And... Hmm. Technically, just so you will understand, what we just did was called a visualization meditation. 
and it's part of devotional yoga or what's called bhakti yoga. Later in the day, we're going to do another form of meditation that will be a totally different thing. It will be dhyan or meditation that is deepening concentration. But that meditation was a technique for opening the heart and for just tuning and for allowing yourself to become an instrument, a vehicle, and for relating to the beloved. And you can just feel how that all works. And you can do that anytime you want to. I mean, if I had... I don't know what workshops are supposed to be. I haven't the remotest idea. But all I know is if at the end of the day or tomorrow when you're agitated or when you get caught, you could sit down for a few minutes and have something to just start to play with. You and I are just so full of stuff in our lives. What's on telly? Dinner's ready, clothes, laundry, the kids, this, that. Are you going to the concert? I've got to call so-and-so. It's just so stuffy. So much stuff. You run from thing to thing to thing to thing. When would you be ready to be quiet enough to tune more deeply? How simple to sit in your comfortable easy chair or to sit by a stream or to go out and put your back against a tree or to light a candle. No big religious thing. You don't have to join anything. You don't have to wear symbols. You don't have to reject anybody. Just something that allows you to quiet down. And you can start as simply as just breathing in and out and with the out breath let go of all the stuff you've been carrying with you. All that kind of nervous panic, all that fear that you're not good enough, you're not doing enough, everybody doesn't love you enough, that you're... You're not making it in life. And then when you've cleaned out your stuff, then you go up and out and merge back in and then just draw that back and then start to become a little beacon like a lighthouse that just lights the universe. Start to accept your responsibility as a spiritual entity for enlightening the world. I once had a vision. I don't think I was dreaming. I was quite awake. But I got taken into, I got taken out of my body. I was meditating and I got taken out of my body and I came into a a room in which there were some old wise beings sitting there. I don't know who they were. They were rent an old wise being probably. Okay. I don't know who they were. Maybe they were the elders. Maybe it was Master Morier. Who knows who they were? They were just these old wise beings sitting around, right? And I felt very, very honored to be there. And they said, um, do you want to go back to earth? And I said, does it make a difference? And they said, look for yourself. (laughs) They play great music up on that plane, I'll tell you. The red of your cheeks goes with the blonde of your hair just beautifully. I don't know. <laughs> and I looked down, I think it was like a glass bottom boat I was looking through. 
I looked down on the earth, and there were all these millions and millions of tiny little lights. Like each heart was a light. And I realized that if I went back to earth, it would make the difference of just one more of those. It was like the difference between 60 kilowatt and a 61 kilowatt bulb. No big deal. Just another one. But it made a difference. And I said, like a nut, I'll go back. <laughs> Just because it makes a difference. It's as if each and every one of us is this extraordinarily precious conversion vehicle for bringing spirit into form. If we get caught in form so that our whole minds are stuck in form, then we don't juice, we don't turn it back into spirit. And at first, we are very intentionally doing things like breathing up into the head and then down into the body and up into the head and then down into the body. These are methods. Till after a while, you are so much, as the Bible says, in the world but not of the world, that every situation you come into is one into which you bring that kind of light and peace, and presence, love, compassion. And it gets so that you're really not doing anything. You have merely surrendered to becoming an instrument of that process. So there's not even the conscious intent, like, I'm doing it. It is merely being done through you. And then you start to live in the most extraordinarily different kind of a world. For me, when I am resting in the space of being, of God, of spirit, and I'm just going through life looking at my beloved, every, it's like walking through a garden in which everywhere you look, the flowers keep blooming right before your very eye. Because almost every human being, when they are touched by love or light or spirit that is not judging, that doesn't want anything, it's not asking for anything in return, they respond and they just open just a little bit. And it's just like watching a flower bloom. See, most of us are so vulnerable that if you allow yourself to open that way and you look at someone with love and they look at you like, what do you want? You are so in the world yet that you buy their mind and you say, oh, nothing, nothing, and you close right back up like a clam, a muscle. When you have quieted and deepened your connection to that which is the most profound in the universe, then when people in the world reject or turn off or give you that glassy-eyed thing, you're crazy. You allow them to do it, but it doesn't diminish your love because you, it turns out, are not vulnerable. What are they going to do? Catch you with your love hanging out? <laughs> how terrible, how embarrassing for you. Okay. I'll love you if you love me. No, it isn't that game anymore. Your only friend is God. That doesn't mean you don't have friends. 
but it means the essence. When you look at all the different friends you have and you look at what the essence of it is, it's that place inside where the two of you meet in love. That's it. That's God. That's it. That's spirit. This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate you listening and we appreciate all the support that you've given us. Please continue that support and donate at Ramdas.org. We can then continue to share what Ramdas has been sharing for all of these years. Thank you.